I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello all and welcome to the Giant Splash. I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the Chronicle. Today I am thrilled to welcome back Kyle Haynes for the first of two podcasts with the Giants farm director. We're going to be talking about the prospects and minor league journeymen who will report to Major League Spring Training in one month. I'm just hoping here to attach some information to the names you'll be hearing about. And in this podcast, we'll talk about the players coming to camp who are on the 40-man roster, which is sometimes called the big league roster. In the next podcast, we'll, we'll talk about the uh, non-roster invitees. Um, hi, Kyle. Hey, spring training is a month away. How goes it? Hey, Henry. Thanks for having me on. Uh, yeah, it's going well, and I feel like we've kind of started 2020 already uh, in our preparation. Guys are working hard in many areas, and, and uh, see a lot of guys working hard getting ready to try oh. to have a good year. And, and Are you doing the mini camps, the pre-spring training mini camps this year in the minor league camp? Yes, we are. Uh, yeah, we'll run our normal, what we call instructional league, in the late uh, January window right. in Scottsdale, and then and then we'll run a mini camp uh, with that corresponds with uh, Major League Spring Training over at the minor league complex. Right. Well, you know, um, there's a lot of interest in the prospects. I think fans are starting to understand a little more that uh, that the front office under Farhan Zaidi is building around kids for the long term health of the franchise. You know, rather than front loading uh, a lot of free agent money, uh, you know, just sort sort of a quick fix. And I, I can just sense from talking to people and looking at the numbers that. Uh, you know, the numbers on, on, like, who's clicking on my stories and which stories they're clicking on, uh, that there's just more interest in the in the farm system than there's been in, in quite a while. I imagine it's kind of an exciting time for you, huh? Yeah, I think there's a lot of players to be excited about, and um, you know, I think we're all looking forward to to this season, but also the future health of the franchise. Um, you know, I, I, we want to win the World Series every year, not just, um, you know, 2020 and then and then try to figure out 2021 and beyond. So um, you, if you look at the farm system, uh, we hope to provide players that not only can help us win, but hopefully the, the fan base is excited about being a part of, of, of their lives and, and become a, a piece of their family as well through the, through the game. Yeah, and, um, you know, it was kind of unusual this year, before we get into some of the players, it's kind of unusual this year that um, the Giants didn't add any prospects to the 40-man roster by the deadline to do so before the Rule 5 draft. Um, I can't remember that happening. Uh, it, it tells me that, you know, part of it is, and just so the listeners know, the youngest of the young prospects, the ones who have not had three, four, or five years in the organization, uh, uh, you know, especially like the, the young signees uh, from Latin America or the ones just drafted the last couple of years, they don't have to be protected on the 40-man roster yet. Um, but it, it tells me a little bit that uh, the organization is pretty happy with the list of, of players they have who have not yet reached the majors. Uh, and, you know, pretty confident that, that some of these guys are, are going to actually uh, bear fruit. I mean, is that, a, is that a fair way to look at it? Yeah, I would say so. Um... You know, I think a, a year ago, uh, Farhan made a lot of comments about 
trying to make one good baseball move after another. And he made a lot of really good baseball moves sometimes that were under the radar, including like acquiring Mike Yastrzemski uh, at the time didn't catch any headlines, but I think, um, you know, somehow strengthening the back half of that 40 man roster throughout the entire year, Jandel Gustave, you could go on and on, but um, some of these guys that we now have on our 40 man roster, we believe in that they can help our, 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 team out and and um, we feel good about the depth of our 40 man we're going to continue to try to to make it better each and every day okay and and Kyle we're gonna we're gonna spend uh the vast bulk of these two podcasts that we're doing talking about uh the players who are going to be in camp I did want to ask about one guy who's not going to be in camp in big league camp uh because uh, his you know his name not being there sort of raised a few eyebrows among fans uh, Elliot Ramos, the uh, number one uh, draft pick from uh, 2017, I believe, uh, he's not going to be in big league camp. And, and I know you're not necessarily the one who makes that decision, but can you maybe just very generally tell us what the organizational thinking on that was? Yeah, I think it's it's easy to sometimes look and just see, you know, why aren't all the top prospects in major league camp? But, uh, you know, Elliot's still very young and, to be honest, Hunter Bishop's older than he is, and Hunter's not coming to big league camp either, despite right. both being first-rounders. Um, and, you know, it's it, we're not definitely trying to make major league camp into a top prospects list. We're, we're just trying to, to make sure that the camp is at a, a spot where they're able to prepare. And we only really invited one internal minor league player um, as a non-roster invitee, and that was Joey Bart, who's a catcher. You always need extra catching in spring training because – Otherwise, Buster Posey is going to be catching everybody's bullpens when they're working on the side. And, um, you know, you don't want to overtax the few catchers that are there. So you're always looking for extra catching. We have the benefit that Joey's already been in Major League Camp last year, and he's a catcher. So he's the guy getting the invite. Um, and then sometimes it's easier to read into the people that didn't get invited. But in general, we love Elliot Ramos. Um, we love Hunter Bishop. We love uh, Marco Luciano. We love these guys. Uh as much as everybody and, and them not going to major league camp is not an indicator of, of anything we think of them. It's just, we think what's best for their development is to spend time at mini camp or, or other areas of training and train there and let the major league camp prepare for the major league season. Yeah. They can, they can get a little bit more uh, instruction and even more playing time. Uh, especially I know toward the end of spring training anyway, a lot of time, not even toward the end, you know, even in the first week or two of games, a lot of good prospects are sent down because they can't play every day. Uh, if they're not going to make the team this year, they can't play every day because the guys who are going to make the team need their innings and at bats. Uh, so, uh, you know, so guys like who you're talking about, Hunter Bishop, last year's first round draft pick, uh, Elliot Ramos, uh, Luciano, who I think is still what 17 years old. Um, I, I just, it's just a better place for them to be down the road. For sure. Yeah. And we're looking at their preparation, and it would it would be great for the invite to big league camp. But like you said, especially like starting pitching, for example, if they're pitching one inning here and there, they're not getting ready for their season and they're just getting the major league camp experience really only. And a lot of these players will get better repetition. They'll get better coaching. They'll get better, at, you know, more bats. I don't say better, but they'll get more uh, quality work for their individual preparation on the minor league side than they would the big league side, just because we're worried about preparing the major league team and, and we don't want them just being, you know, subject to just playing in the eighth and ninth inning of a game and over in Goodyear, you know. So when they could have been at the complex and had five at bats that day. 
Right, and and that explains uh, partly why a lot of the guys, both roster and non-roster, are, are a little bit older. I mean, you're not seeing a lot of 21, 22-year-olds. Um, a lot of the guys we're going to talk about are, you know, 24, 25, 26. I promise we'll talk about players, and I will keep my promise right after this message. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome back to the Giants Splash. Henry Schulman here with Giants Farm Director Kyle Haynes. So let's get to it. And I think the you know the keen listener is going to realize that I'm doing this sort of alphabetically, uh, not necessarily in order of uh, you know who might be closest to the majors. But the first name on the list is Melvin Adon. He's a big right-handed a relief pitcher. Um, and, and again, to, in this podcast, we're talking about players who are on the 40-man roster already. They're protected. Um, Melvin Adon is a, is a big, hard-throwing right-handed reliever. He's a 25, and he's he's been in the, in the minors quite a bit. Uh, one thing that sort of stands out, he does walk. Uh, he has walked a lot of guys. Uh, but it, it, could, what can you tell us about Melvin and, um, you know, his, his development? I mean, are, are walks uh, control, is that really the thing that has sort of uh, kept him from advancing a little faster? I wouldn't even really say the walks. I mean, it just, it seems like he dominates the stretches and then he'll have the outing or two that, uh, you know, seems to get to him and he'll walk a couple guys. Um, he's really green, the baseball. Uh, we signed him at an older age than most international kids are signed. Uh, he was behind and I know it's easy to look at him as a 40 man roster and his age and, and think, you know, this guy should be a polished product, but he still really should be viewed as kind of like an A ball uh, pitcher um, as far as, um, you know, experience wise, but, um, he's just got as good a stuff as we have in the entire organization. Uh, he, he started dominating in double a before we sent him to triple a last year to, to kind of give him a new challenge to work on. And, you know, I think he has a chance to be a very impactful reliever at the major league level. Um, but we just need it from outing to outing to be more of the dominant variety and not the self inflicted damage. Okay. And once he figures that out, then he'll, he'll, potentially be a dominant guy in the bullpen for for the Giants. Is he uh, is he the typical sort of uh, hard thrower, fastball slider kind of guy? Yeah, you're going to see more fastball slider out of him. Yeah. Um, I th- you know, as a starter, he had more change-ups, but now it's it's a less used pitch. Um, now he's, he's hard fastball, hard slider, and, uh, you know, they're improving with each year. Uh-huh. And uh, he, he does throw fairly hard into the mid-90s, maybe even higher? Oh, yeah, he'll... he'll scrape 100 every outing and maybe on the right outing on the right day 101 or even 102 right right uh, and, and and the next guy i'm going to ask you about also we heard that when you picked him in the rule five draft uh this is another guy who uh brings velocity which i think uh you know the keen fans understand is a big deal right now that's sort of a trend in baseball you want relievers to uh to throw hard you want relievers to be able to throw up in the zone uh, be confident um, in that fastball. Um, the player I'm talking about is uh, Danny Jimenez, uh, who was taken uh, in the Rule 5 draft, as I mentioned, also 25 years old, also throws hard, but we really don't know very much about him. What, what can you tell us about him? Yeah, Danny, we were. I think everybody was very pleasantly surprised that uh, he was available. Um, 
rule five is usually not a historically great place to to find a, a, a dynamite superstar, but I think Danny was a guy that we targeted and and really liked. And you know, don't want to speak for too many people in the in the front office there, but I know I'm personally excited about it. Um, he throws a lot of strikes and he doesn't get hit hard and he strikes people out. So when you combine those things, it's everything you're talking about. Even when you exclude the stuff, and then he, it's not a mirage. He's got good stuff. I think you're probably looking more not necessarily Melvin A. Don stuff. You're, you're looking more in the low or maybe scrape of mid-90s here and there. But um, the fastball plays up. I mean, he's struck out, you know, I don't as a lot of guys compared to how many innings last year, um, probably near 100 and just over 50 or something like that. But um, in the minor leagues, obviously. But he, threw, but he throws strikes, So and he doesn't get hit. So you just there's a lot to be excited about. Um, we've seen him from afar, and now we'll get to see him up close and see where he fits, fits in the major league picture. Um, you know, it's going to be big camp for him, obviously, because he has to make the team or he has to be, go back to uh, his original team. Right. And we should uh, recall that, uh, you know, last year you did take a pitcher in the Rule 5 draft, um, you know, from Toronto, uh, reliever, left-handed reliever. And I'm blanking on his name because I'm just old. Um, uh, Travis Bergen. Travis <laughs> thank Bergen. you, Travis Bergen. That's yeah, okay. Yeah, um, and uh, he did. He helped the he helped the major league organization until there there came a point where the you know he he got hurt, and then there were others who uh, the the organization wanted to see. Now the next name he's on a forty man roster. I really I have to admit I don't know anything about him. His name is Trevor Oaks. He's another pitcher. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, Trevor. Uh, you know I think we're all excited to see you know where Trevor's at. I think he's had some some uh, you know success in the past strike thrower more of a sinker variety the last two guys we talked about are more lively like you said maybe pitch more up in the zone you know trevor's uh, gonna have more of a sinker stuff um but uh, also more of a starter profile but um you know we'll, we'll see where it ends up but you know i think he's he's a guy that we want to see uh, bounce back he had a great year in, in uh, omaha there in triple a a couple years ago um throwing a lot of strikes and the pcl is so tough to pitch in so it's a guy with triple-A history, throws a lot of strikes, uh, doesn't get hit too hard, and looking to see him bounce back and, and see if he can you know, fit in the picture somewhere. Yeah, I just should mention that the Giants uh, claimed him off of waivers from the Kansas City Royals, and he actually did uh, make the, uh, the Royals uh, team in September. He got that little call-up four games. I mean, you can't really judge anything off of... Uh, four games, but uh, yeah, he does profile a little differently than the other guys we're talking about. Now, there are a lot of other pitchers on the 40-man roster, but we're not going to delve into those during the podcast because uh, most of those guys have uh, had some major league time, and the fans are familiar with them, so um, I'm just going to move ahead to an infielder, and uh, this is another guy who came from a, a different organization, Kian Wong, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that correctly. He's an infielder, a second baseman, uh, he's the brother of Cardinals second baseman Colton Wong, uh, and, and I think he was another waiver claim. Um, and uh, he's he's a left-handed hitter, right, uh, Kian Wong? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah. So left-handed I, hitting, middle infielder. Yeah, yeah um, I, that was one of the things that Farhan talked about was maybe uh, getting a left-hander who can play second or third base, uh, maybe to balance out um, Mauricio Dubon. Um, and, and even be able to spell uh, Evan Longoria at third base. I'm assuming he uh, might make the team down the road. Um, he's a guy who does, has not had uh, the greatest of numbers uh, in, the, uh, in the minors in, in just in terms of, uh, uh, you, know, uh, you know, overall numbers. Um, and, uh, but he, does, he is a high o, 
uh, on base percentage guy. Um, is there anything you can tell us about that? Yeah, I, th I think, you know, he's a guy that gets on base. He's left-handed bat, middle infield. Um, he was with Tampa Bay, and I think people that are following baseball closely throughout even, you know, the Western, uh, NL West or AL West uh, will know that Tampa Bay's got a lot of, of really good players. Maybe they don't have the star quality, but they got a lot of really good players, and he was kind of victim of a, of a guy with Tampa Bay that um, he, he – they were running on a roster crunch. You know, basically they got – 45 or 50 guys for a 40 man roster. And, you know, he was on the bubble there. So we were able to via the angels, obviously take advantage of, of Keen not having really a home uh, on a roster somewhere and, and maybe find some, some hidden talent there and, and give him a new start. I know he's been with Durham uh, last couple of years with AAA with Tampa Bay. He had a great year there last year for a middle infielder. I mean, he, he walked, he, he hit for average. He had some power hit a lot of doubles and he plays a, a good second base as you would since, you know, his brother obviously is a really good defender in the big leagues as well. So uh, it's, it was a, it was a, you know, a shot in the dark, a waiver claim for a guy that could potentially be a, a very nice left-handed bat. And, you know, the change of scenery is going to be big for him and we're excited to see him more in person. Okay. And I, I really want to go back for a second and, um, and just say that I, I really didn't, uh, I misspoke a little bit. He he has had some good numbers. He's a career 287 hitter in the minors. What I meant to say, he's not a guy who has hit for a lot of uh, power in his in his yes, career. What, what stands out more is his ability to get on base. So, uh, sorry, Keon. I'll apologize to you in person when I see you. Um, now, another guy's a guy we actually did see in the majors a little bit, but I still wanted to ask about him. Jalen Davis, uh, who was acquired uh, in a trade last year, the uh, Drew Pomerantz trade with Milwaukee. Um, he had uh, such a, a rough start when he was given a chance in the majors. I mean, he had that long offer. Uh, there were stories about how he and Willie Mays actually sat down and chatted so Willie could tell him how he started one for 24 in the majors. But you got to see uh, Jalen Davis in the minors for a bit uh, last year before he came up after the trade. Um, what is it about um, Jalen that still gives the organization hope that he, you know, he can uh, find his stroke, which you know, is something that would be clear. I mean, this is a guy who hit 35 home runs in the minor leagues last year, so this is a guy you want to uh, take a long look at. For sure. Um, he was very impressive when he came over to the trade, and uh, he had the big year um, in AAA, both with the Twins and us, and he did a little bit of everything, and and like you mentioned, you know, he got off to a, a you know slow start in the Bay Leagues, which um, has happened to some of the greatest of all time. So you don't want to read too much in that. I think he's a guy that we just we want to see more of. We want to be around more, and uh, you know see how it plays out. But we obviously think the world of him. Uh, he's working hard. He's been working hard all off season to uh, try to make an impression, and you know he's always had some power. Uh, he had some some good years. Uh, with the twins power wise as far as putting up that standout year and then finally last year he put that standout year in the minor leagues together um and he's still only going to be 25 years old so he's right in the middle of his prime and and uh you know we're excited to see if this can translate what he did last year to triple a in the big leagues again this year okay and i'm over too because i said he came from the brewers and the pomerantz deal obviously he, oh, came, from the, he, he came from the twins he, on the he came from the twins and the dyson, dyson deal dyson. and you know over two will get you in the hall of fame um so, uh, no, it won't. Um, and uh, I did want to ask, I mean, has he been working with uh, some of the instructors uh, over the winter uh, uh, or even talked to some of the new major league hitting coaches about maybe uh, adjustments to his swing? Yeah, um, 
Donnie uh, Eckert and Justin Vealy, they've they've worked with him as well, and and down in Arizona, and he flew in, and and uh, they've they've done a great job. The whole the whole major league staff's done a really nice job. The new staff is is connecting with um, you know with the players the best they can, and Gabe he's he's the best at that at connecting with people and of, throughout the entire organization. And uh, uh, Jalen has been in Arizona, and he's worked with our coaches already, and they're familiar with each other. And I think they're all excited to work together. Okay. And the last guy I wanted to ask you about on the 40-man is also another outfielder. And, again, this is somebody I really don't know very much about either, and his name is Joe McCarthy. What can you tell us about uh, Joe McCarthy, the outfielder? Oh, yeah, Joe. I mean, this he, he walks a lot. That's the easiest thing to, to point out. He's a big, strong kid. He's had some success before. Once again, Tampa Bay, um, we were able to, to pluck him away from Tampa Bay there and, uh, you know, basically get a glorified, you know, player. Uh, we made the minor trade um, at the trade deadline for him is how we got him. Um, I think they wanted the 40-man roster spot or something or, or whatever they, their strategy was. But, you know, the bottom line is he had a really bad year last year. Um, but we don't feel like that's him going into the future. Uh, he swings at good pitches. He has some lower back issues. He's battled, and then we're confident that once he gets over those and and works hard with our coaches, that uh, we can see a guy that uh, you know could be potentially be a hidden gem there. Yeah, and and you know, like you like you said, I mean, he hit 183 in the minors last year, but uh, his on base percentage was 300. And when you see a 120 point jump between uh, the batting average and on base percentage, I mean, that's telling you something about his eye at the plate. It's a pretty simple equation, isn't it? For sure. Yeah. I mean, when he was in Double A with, with Tampa Bay too. I mean, he he walked nearly as much as he struck out. He hit for average. He hit for some power. He hit doubles. He hit you know homers. So you know he's he's showing the ability to be a very well-rounded player. So we're confident that the guy that played last year was not who he truly is, and that we just need to get him back to who he really was, and and that when we do that, we'll have a nice player. Okay, Kyle. Well, listen. Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Those are some of the forty men players who will be in Major League Camp. We're going to do another podcast. It'll be out in a few days, and we'll be talking about some of the non-roster invitees. But thank you for joining me for this one, Kyle. No problem, Henry. Great being here. Thank you for listening to this first of two podcasts with Giants Farm Director Kyle Haynes. Be sure to look out for podcast number two. Giant Splash is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is Editor-in-Chief. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Schulman, or you can email me at hshulman at sfchronicle.com. Support Giant Splash and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions available. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.